I've shared this story many, many times, I think, but I love this, this story of, of the family that bought tickets actually to go to New York City. Maybe that's why I love the story. I believe they sailed from Liverpool. They had tickets to go to New York with the expectation of a new life. That's not what we're going for. We're coming back. Um, but they went there with this expectation of going to this new world and finding a new, new life. And they had their tickets um, to go on the, on, the, on the ship across to New York. I think it was a, uh, maybe it was a number of weeks the voyage would take. And the father said, actually, we don't have, we've got enough money for the ticket, but we don't have enough money to eat. So we've got enough money to get there, but what we'll have to do, we'll fill up the cabin with lots of biscuits and we'll, we'll bring enough food for the number of weeks of the travel. So they did that. And they ate what they brought. I'm not quite even sure if this is a true story, actually. It might be one of those urban myths, but it's an interesting story at least. But they had this food in their cabin, and uh, they would eat there. And then on the last day of the cruise, or not the cruise, the travelling across to New York, the dad said, look, we've got there now. We arrive tomorrow. Tonight we're going to splash out. And we're going to go and eat in the dining room. And because it's a special occasion, we're arriving tomorrow. You can have as much as you want. You can drink what you want. You can eat what you want. We've made it. So they went there, they had the most wonderful, lavish meal you could imagine. And the dad said, right, I'm now going to go and pay for the meal we've just had. And he went to the guy, the waiter, the person working in the restaurant and said, I'd like to pay for my meal. And he said, why do you need to pay for your meal? Don't you know that your ticket included all the meals? (laughs) He hadn't realised that the ticket to New York included every single meal for the whole journey. They actually had been prepaid to eat like kings and queens, but because they hadn't realised their benefits, they didn't actually go there and eat. And Psalm 103 says, forget not all your benefits. Yeah. Forget not all your benefits. Let's read it, because it's such an amazing psalm, Psalm 103, verse 1. It says, praise the Lord my soul. All my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul, and forget not all his benefits. In other words, don't forget what's in the ticket through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Forget not all his benefits. All who forgives all your sins, and heals all your diseases, and redeems your life from the pit. And crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. It's our benefit package. All our sins get forgiven. He heals our sicknesses and diseases. He redeems our life from an awful pit of hopelessness and despair. And then he says, I'm going to crown you. In other words, he makes us royal sons and daughters with love and compassion. And then he says, oh, you've got desires for good things. I'm going to satisfy those and I'm going to renew your youth like the eagles. I'm going to keep strengthening you and empowering you and giving you all that you long for. That's our benefit package. Christianity is not human beings trying to act spiritual. That's not the good news. That's not the good news. You one day heard about Jesus 
And he thought, wow, I love Jesus. I met Jesus. had an encounter with Jesus. He's beautiful. And then someone tells you, right now, you've got to grit your teeth and have white knuckles. And you've got to try your very, very best to act like Jesus. And your life is going to be white knuckling it. And it's going to be, going to be gritted teeth. And it's going to be you trying to overcome your faults to the best of your ability. And you better not fail because God gets ticked off when you fail and everybody else is performing much better than you and church is about wearing a mask and don't let your mask slip. Wow, thanks for sharing the good news with me. Whoa, I didn't realise it was going to be that good. And then you find there's loads of believers who are absolutely exhausted, absolutely worn out. How many know that you can act and perform for a little while, but after a while, if you're just acting... Eventually, something's going to knock you. You're going to get hungry. How many of you get grumpy when you're hungry? You're going to get tired. You're going to get overwhelmed by life. And the act just slips because it's way too exhausting to pretend. Yes. The gospel is not you working really hard to pretend to be like Jesus. It's not. It's not a religious treadmill of striving, white knuckles and working really hard. That's not the good news. At Easter we celebrate the resurrection because the resurrection is historical reality. The tomb was empty. Jesus had died. And then they came to find him and he'd already raised from from the dead. It's a historical reality. But how many of you know that when he died, (coughs) you died? And that when he was buried, you were buried. And when he was raised, you were raised. We were included in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. It says in Romans chapter 6... Because it's referring there to immersion baptism, but also also we were baptized into Christ. We were baptized into Him. And Paul says, "What should we say then? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase?" By no means. We were those who died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Christianity is that something absolutely phenomenal happens to us through coming to Christ. It's not merely that we've discovered a new set of rules that we keep and we get white knuckles to keep them and we strive to keep those rules. It's that something fundamental has happened to the believer in the moment they come to Christ. They find out that when he died, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. When he rose, I rose. Come on. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, 
and the new has come. It's something radical has happened in the believer. It's not just a person trying really hard now to keep religion. It's someone who's crossed from death to life. It's someone who's crossed from darkness to light. It's someone who's come from far to near. The message translation of Romans 6 says, It was like we were living in an old country called sin. And we packed up our bags in Christ. And we left that land and went to a new country called grace. And kindness and love and affection and tenderness and adoption. We were like the prodigals of Luke 15 who'd been to a faraway country and squandered all of his wealth. Was found himself in the pit and then woke up and said, oh, at my father's house they have more than enough. I'm going back to be a servant. Gets met by the good father. He comes to try and speak his repentance, his pre-planned speech and the father interrupts him and says this is my boy he was dead now he's alive I found him you see it's not us trying harder it's that in the moment in the very second of someone coming to Christ Jesus they're given a brilliant new life A wonderful, brilliant, lavish, abundant life. A satisfying life. A life that's better than the life we ever dreamed of was possible. See, that's what's happening here right now, when we're singing like we're singing. It's because we're starting to get it. We're starting to realise he is who he says he is. He's done what he says he's done. He's going to do what he says he's going to do. And hope is coming. And joy is coming. And confidence is coming. And we just can't stop singing about him because we're fallen madly deeply in love with this wonderful King Jesus. This wonderful Father who is so kind and so generous and so beautiful and lavish. This wonderful Holy Spirit. The Spirit, the Friend who comes alongside and leads us into the truth and reminds us of what Jesus has said. The Comforter. The one who comes alongside and comforts us and strengthens us and fortifies us. We've come to realise it's all true. Sometimes believers have to become believing believers who actually believe. Sometimes we've gone through the motions for years on the treadmill and we've not believed. You're feeling that when you start to believe a truth, you begin to experience the truth. And that's what Paul says then in Romans 11. So how does this life that we're given... So if the ticket, as it were, that we talked about earlier on, that has all these benefits, how do we begin to draw deep on who God is and what God has done through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? If it's not white knuckles and trying hard, then how do we access the benefits that are ours already in Christ? And Paul says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I'll ask you a question. How many people, how many men died with Jesus on the cross in Golgotha? How many were there? There were two. There was Jesus and two others. How do we know there were two? How do you know there were two people? You weren't there, I wasn't there. 
The Bible. Who else died on Golgotha? We did. We've been crucified with Christ and no longer live. So if we're willing to believe that the two died with him, and yet at the same time thinking, no, I'm just a worm, I'm just a sinner. No, the Bible says, no, 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 you, you're not just a sinner. You are, you are a million times bigger on the inside than you realise. One scholar, one theologian says, we're barely even human. Resurrection life. You were dead, now you're alive. Something happened at the cross. It's not just he died, I died. I moved from one realm to another realm. I moved from death to life. I moved kingdoms from a kingdom that was oppressive and distressing and fear-based. A kingdom that produces competition, performance, comparison. To a kingdom that heals the heart. I I love Channel 4's program, um, First Dates. (laughs) <laughs> I love it I find it incredibly intriguing to eavesdrop on people I love it and I love the ending when they show the pictures and you think oh they got together Woo, they got together I love that program but I always feel moved as well deeply because each, it's almost every story there's wounds and broken spots and hurt and beautiful people who are so in pain because of rejection and what happened to them and I just thought, oh, let the kingdom of God come. Amen. Let, yeah. the oiling, let the healing oil and balm of heaven come. Yeah. Haven't you known so many times your heart being healed by the beautiful King Jesus? Mm. How many times where he comes and says to you, you're believing a lie there. Let me tell you the truth. And your heart is healed and rejection gets broken and poverty spirit gets broken off you and hopelessness and despair and fear and anxiety gets broken off you bit by bit by bit. Because you're in this beautiful kingdom. Because you've gone from death to life into a beautiful, beautiful kingdom. And so Paul says, if you want to access the benefits of this kingdom, you've got to continuously view yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. This is the way you've got to view yourself, and this is the way you've got to view one another. You've got to, another right says you've got to calculate the cross. You've got to come to a logical conclusion. <coughs> Reckon is a, an accountancy term. It's like there's a column in the books of heaven. Dead to sin, alive to God. You've got to reckon yourself in the alive to God column. You've got to do the maths and come to the right conclusion. You have to think of yourself this way. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm now a child of God. I'm no longer under the beck and call of sin. Righteousness is my new language. I no longer listen to the voice of a dark, oppressive kingdom that produces hopelessness. God's language is now my mother tongue. And when he speaks, I listen. When his tenderness and kindness and love speaks, I listen. Because I'm in another kingdom. I'm in another realm. But this is so different to mind over matter, pie in the sky. Say it enough, it might become true. What time is it now? 
quarter to twelve. What time was it this time yesterday? It was quarter to eleven. The clocks have changed. Change your mind. But you can say, no, in my world, it's quarter to eleven. It's my world, quarter to eleven. The trains, the buses, the cinema will all go. No, it won't. Change your mind. Reckon on it. Consider it. Come to a logical conclusion. It's not mind over matter. Oh, I know it's quarter to eleven, but I'm just going to convince myself it's quarter to twelve, quarter to twelve, quarter to twelve. I know it's feel feels like quarter to eleven. Just going to convince myself quarter to twelve, quarter to eleven. What? No, it's quarter to twelve. It's quarter to twelve. You've died. You're alive. Reckon on it. Calculate it. Come to a logical conclusion. That's what the Bible says happened to you. And so because the, 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 the veil has been split and you come into the throne of grace to get grace and mercy in your time and need, you're welcome there whenever you want. That's your home. So think about it. Reckon on it. Meditate on it. I'm alive to God. I've got a new nature. I'm a million times bigger on the outside. I'm barely human. I've got resurrection life. I was dead, now I'm alive. I was in a kingdom of hopelessness, now I'm in a kingdom where the language is hope. And joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and affirmation and confirmation. I was once in a kingdom of denial and negation and frustration. Now I'm in a kingdom of life and love and liberty and hope. And when you don't feel it, that's the crucial time. Because you get to rejoice by faith. It's true. It's true. I'm going to rejoice in it. I'm alive to God. It's not mind over matter. It's true. So believe it. Amen. It's like someone said once. They were on an aeroplane and they went through the clouds. And it's England, land, taking off from Heathrow. It's a dull, rainy day. You couldn't see the sun. And they went through the clouds, and the guy said, Woo, it's sh- the sun's shining. And the steward said, Of course, it's always shining above the clouds. It's just the clouds blocking it. And so when we don't feel it, and when our emotions don't feel it, and, and we're, not, we're not engaged with it, and we don't feel alive to God, we rejoice by faith because it's always shiny above the clouds. I'm always his child. He's always caring for me. He's always yeah. providing for me. He's always looking out for me. So in conclusion, the renewed mind that Paul talks about in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, I died with Christ, I was buried with Christ, I was raised to Christ to newness of life. Now my mind needs to catch up with my new identity. I need to know who I am. Because I'm not alive to sin, I'm alive to God. I'm dead to sin, alive to God. My mind has to catch up. So we can imagine and think and reckon and consider. Everywhere you go, resurrection life goes with you. Believer, everywhere you go, the love, the substance, the quality of heaven goes with you everywhere you go. That peace and power and wisdom is with you everywhere you go. You are dangerous. Seriously, I love Wendy and Steve's game they play called Worrying with God. Let's, Let's play the game Worrying with God. I'm out shopping. 
I've got to rush because I've got to get to work. But the resurrection life is starting to spill out and people are starting to get hope and joy and freedom around me. I'm going to be late for work. What am I going to do? Believe this, friends. Mm. It's not you, white knuckled, gritted teeth, trying as hard as you can. That's exhausting. <coughs> Recognizing I am alive. Amen. He wants us to know what we carry. Become curious. Begin to imagine. What do my resurrection life can do? I wonder what kind of atmospheres it can shift. Yeah. I wonder what kind of healing it can bring. I like to imagine this. What will happen, God, when tumours start to drop off in your presence? What are we going to do? Because you're not allowed to put them in the bin, are you? Because that's medical waste. <laughs> and you'll get really in trouble with British Council if they start opening up and you don't. What are they going to say? Are they going to say we're doing a legal operation? <laughs> Be courageous and let out what God's put in. I'm going to just stand. We're going to do something we've been doing on a Thursday nights with the whole declaration thing. And we're going to say it loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to, if you want to be different, you've got to hear something that's different. You've got to hear, you've got to be the greatest preacher of encouragement to yourself. Don't wait for someone else to give you a word. Come and bring yourself a word. Come and speak to yourself. I've got a seven part series on my phone and it's me preaching to me. I've got to hear something different. I can't wait to hear someone else tell me. I've got to hear it. Faith comes and we can steer our whole lives through what we say. And life and death is in the power of the tongue. What we say releases life. Yes. We can ignite a whole life to revival by speaking. Amen. So I'm going to read some declarations out and we're going to go for it. All say it together, yeah? Yeah. So the first one is, the resurrection power of God lives in me. The resurrection, resurrection power of God lives in me. Thank you, Jesus. Easter is a time for mass salvations. Easter is a time for mass salvations. My old self died with Christ. My old self died with Christ. And I was raised as a new creation. And I was raised as a new creation. I celebrate the freedom that the cross has won for me. I celebrate the freedom that the cross has won for me. I walk in resurrection power. I walk in resurrection power. Let's say this one again. I walk in resurrection power. I walk in resurrection power. People around me experience the freedom and benefits of what Jesus did on the cross. People around me experience the benefits of what Jesus did on the cross. 